Well, hello, football fanatic. A little side note before we get into this week's episode. We had some issues posting our last chat as the round of group games finished off and we made our predictions for the last 16. So, as we get into it this afternoon and uh, cover off the last 16 games, we did want to give you a little bit of a insight to what we were predicting for this particular round. The old man and I got together and we did fancy Italy to beat Austria. We had Belgium down to beat Portugal. France to prevail against Switzerland, Spain to prevail against Croatia, Ukraine to edge it against Sweden, England to beat Germany, more out of loyalty and uh, patriotism than anything else, the Netherlands to beat the Czech Republic, and Denmark to surpass Wales. Let's find out how we did. Okay, good morning, Dad. And before we get into today's discussion, quick question for you. Have you seen the film Bend It Like Beckham? I obviously know of it, and have I seen it all the way through? I think so. A while ago now. Um, and I think I, I think I know the thrust of uh, the plot, shall we put it that way? Indeed. Are you also familiar with the, uh, the this kind of Twitter meme how it started versus how it's going. Um, again, probably less familiar with that, but I've got a rough idea where you're coming from. Indeed. The reason why I asked that is I saw an absolutely fantastic one doing the rounds the other day. And see if you can see this down the FaceTime. Unfortunately, our seven listeners won't be able to see it. That's Kira Knightley in uh, in the film, having a little bit of a chat with the manager, maybe something, you know, balls out of place, wanting something out. Well, there's a meme doing the rounds anyway of that how it started, and the second picture is a picture of Gareth Southgate and Jack Re- Grealish, how it's going. Yeah. I like that one. But we'll uh, we'll obviously get on to England a little bit later on. It was one of the uh, the later games uh, in the round of uh, the round of 16, as people in Europe and in Australia like to call it, as far as we're concerned. It's the last 16. After we remember these things, you know, Keely was having a conversation with a friend at work the other day. He's English with Aussie kids. And he said, my kids are not allowed to use the S word. They can say shit, but they can't say soccer. And you've got to remember these things when you're a you're a pom overseas. But there we go. We didn't do too bad with our predictions. I think we got about six out of eight right. If I if I remember okay. it right, does that sound about right to you? Um, I'll settle for that. Yeah, it's there's a bit of a bit of hedge, bet, bet, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, bet hedging by me anyway. Um, something something around that uh, that region, yeah. Um, obviously, uh, there were points for actual score lines, maybe a little bit less, but getting the, the, the six winners, not too bad. Yet. Not too bad at all. Well, Denmark took Wales to uh, to absolute pieces in the end, and we were having a chat offline with Wales that they probably drew the short straw in terms of some of the travel. Do you think that made a difference to the preparation uh, for the game, or just a, a different class? Denmark and the finally getting some momentum after overcoming uh, what probably threw them somewhat with uh, with the Christian Eriksen episode. It, it, it didn't help. Um, it, it would, you know, if you talk about fine margins in, in sport, then it wasn't good for them. But then again, it ended up being four 0 didn't it? So it wasn't really a fine margin game. Um, I think what possibly threw Wales even more was the lack of any Wales fans and. Um, which was, is, you know, was a big deal for them to start with. 
and then it got the rug was pulled away from them just you know just when they could have done with it um, against the team that uh, naturally the neutrals are gravitating towards and particularly in Amsterdam where Christian Eriksen more or less started out. Yeah, indeed. I mean, they were the better side, Denmark. When you have a look at the goals and um, I'm watching Wales trying to defend and track back and particularly the opening two from um, from Dahlberg, um, just too much time, too much space and, and, and Wales not really um, getting their act together and, and maintaining any semblance of a shape to uh, prevent themselves from conceding. And it's often the way, isn't it? In knockout football, you somewhat have to go for it. And when you are two down, you start to open yourself up a little bit. And um, they, obviously, um, they obviously ended up conceding um, a couple more in the end as well. I liked uh, Joachim Myler's goal. Um, that was fantastic technique at the back post. The, the first one to bring it down and um, the second one to knock it back across his body before he stuck it in the top corner. It was um, it was a little bit similar to um, Pessina's goal in the Italy game at the back post, wasn't it? It was, and it's nice to see different types of goals. Um, I mean, I think um, Chiesa scored a nice goal, not massively dissimilar, uh, when he came on on Saturday night. Yep. Um, and people get carried away, don't they? People compared that to what Dennis Bergkamp did in a, in a, in the same same tournament. In, for Holland many, against Argentina was it many years ago France 98 um, wasn't it that yeah and you know that's obviously ridiculous but um, it was a nice goal um, there was another nice goal we might come to later by people who you know unsung heroes um, people that you don't know too much about I remember watching <laughs> Chiesa's dad play um, in Italian 90 and um, so I know sort of somehow sort of Developed a bit of a soft spot for him as well. I've sort of read a little bit, a bit about him, and uh, he's one. Of, Italy always seems to bring up uh, one of the a player, a Scalacci, or a person you, you don't really know. Even Paolo Rossi in '82, you know, he wasn't that heralded. They always yeah. seem to come up, bring out somebody who Pacina uh, is also in that, you know, that that bracket. Yeah, and uh, that's like um, when they do that, then they, that's when you. you you know, they're dangerous because they're always a pretty decent team and when they get this wild card element, you know, beware. Indeed. Well, we'll, we'll skip on to that game. Um, it segues us nicely. Uh, yeah, um, Austria managed to do something that, um, or rather, Austria managed to do something that, that I think roughly 12 teams um, haven't managed to do before them, which is which is score past Italy, albeit not in uh, not in the opening ninety minutes. It was the subs that changed the game in the end, though, wasn't it? Chiesa and Pessina, and you know, you look at Italy and Mancini's done a really good job of shuffling the pack uh, in these first four games, making sure everybody's involved um, and making sure that he's got a plan B off the bench. And you know, I think we'll we'll jump to the England game a little bit later. That was probably the difference in this one that Southgate knew something needed to be done. Um, and knew what it was versus maybe in Croatia, and that was the difference in maybe England's evolution, that um, Southgate in the past maybe hasn't known, sort of known something's needed, but not quite known what it is. With Mancini, he seems to have that in spades, and he's working the squad quite well. Definitely, and um, they'll be even more probably, um, you know, sure sure of themselves now that they've had a proper test, because Austria... Played as well as I'm sure they could probably play. Yeah, you know they didn't give them an inch. They really got stuck in. You know it was an Italian type performance in some ways. Um, the, the 
the, you know, the, the how how physical they were, um, and they gave it. They really gave it the best shot right up to the hundred and twentieth minute, as we saw with that, um, you know, very unusual goal that they scored. You know, they were they were they were uh, really giving it hundred and ten percent, as they say. Yes, I did see one of the. Um, I think it was the. Might have been the Swedish manager saying, "We'll give a hundred percent. We'll give a hundred percent, hundred and fifty percent, if we have to." And I thought he's going to feel so foolish if it turns out that they actually needed a hundred and fifty-one percent, and he's only asking to give hundred and fifty. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, hundred percent football. It's cliches, eh? Well, Italy yeah. will face uh, Belgium next, and they're obviously one of the favourites for the tournament. A bit, probably how I felt about England Germany. I sort of feel who, whoever won that game, should be favourites for making it to the final on that side of the draw. Maybe we're getting that game around later on the other side with with Italy Belgium. Uh, that Hazard goal was the one that uh, separated the teams, and much different to the one that he scored against Denmark, where really he put the cherry on the cake of Lukaku's fantastic press, De Bruyne's great touch and awareness and uh, tucked it away at the back post. This was a, an effort from range and he's becoming the better Hazard brother, it looks like. Yeah. Um, in cricket, we used to have the War Brothers and uh, um, Steve War was initially known as... Um, one of them was initially known as uh, Afghanistan because he was the Forgotten War. Um, <laughs> and uh, now Eden Hazard has become... Uh, the man in the shadows, almost. So, uh, but similarly to Italy, you know, they're producing pe- people. People are doing the business who you might not necessarily expect to do, just when they need it. And it wasn't just a sort of a, you know, let's be all dynamic and just get up and down the pitch, and you know, the ball might spill to us. It was a proper finish, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think we'd maybe Eden Hazard being a touch more on the fringes these days. You know, I imagine the way that the playing has evolved a little bit more. Um, Roberto Martinez's style of play is probably a bit more inclusive of all players on the pitch to be moving the ball around, moving the opposition out of position. And when you've got somebody like De Bruyne, you've just got so many different options of how you attack, either flank, through the middle, build up play, counter attack. Um, you know, probably in days gone by before Belgium became a bit more of the sort of superpower that they've evolved into, it perhaps was a bit of a case of give it to Hazard and see if he can see if he can do something. But you know, there are other players in that team that have developed as well, um, and are probably a bit more dangerous than they were a couple of years ago. Lukaku's having a decent tournament. Um, to name to name another one there as well, so yeah, tantalising game in the quarter final uh, with Italy up next. Now probably one that we called wrong, um, but in a way you called uh, right, and, and maybe um, um, isn't too much of a surprise is the Netherlands crashing out. You did say in one of our earlier chats, De Boer's probably the 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 weakest manager in the tournament, and <laughs> that might have been a bit of a big claim, but versus his um, his reputation, his playing career, his CV. Um, he really should be. You'd expect a better brand of football and at a bit more of a consistent level than uh, than what Holland served up. What went wrong from them being so strong at the group stage and not just maybe rolling over weaker teams, but actually playing decent stuff, to what happened on um, on Sunday evening against the Czech Republic? Well, probably obviously, you know, it uh, was it was well on course to make me in my words, wasn't it? With three. They scored the most goals in the group stage of any team. And he said goals. that. He said that in his pre-match talk. He said, "I've I've listened to the concourse 
it's coming on podcast. And Mike Ryan in Warden says I'm the worst manager in the tournament, and I'm going to stick it to him. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I, um, I was playing. I was just to go off at a tangent. I was having a game of snooker with a friend last night, and in the background was a David Bowie song on. Yeah, and, um, and my, my mate Neil said David Bowie's never done much for me, and I said me neither. He once promised to come around and fix a tap for me, and he never turned up. You know, and I, he's, he's even got a screw fix account and all sorts. I was really disappointed. So anyway, that's me going off at tangent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's a well, new tagline for the podcast, isn't it? Dad jokes and football. Well, I'm quite like think I was slightly more than a dad joke, but uh, I'm not claiming it was a good joke either. Um, <laughs> and yeah. He's resigned now, hasn't he? And you know, to be fair to him, he's quickly resigned, and he's not had to sort of string it out. And he's just sort of said, "I didn't. I underachieved." Um, and I, you know, I wouldn't really blame him as such. What went wrong is was your question. Um, difficult to put finger on, I suppose. Just their their um, limitations came bit them in the ass a little bit, and uh, the checks are quite a sort of a. You know, like a bit of an opportunist team, aren't they? Not to be underrated. Definitely, yeah. Um, and obviously, that man Schick again um, was amongst the goals. Mm. He's looking, he's looking dangerous. And I mean, he, he's, he's. I think we mentioned when we spoke last time. Was he Munch and Gladbach? I think. Um, and obviously, he's been at he's been at Roma as well. So he's got a fairly strong CV. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Benitez will put in a sixty million dollar bid for him at Everton or something like that. Uh, 60, 60 million pound bid for him, I imagine. Netherlands are a little bit the opposite of England in a way because they've they've totally dominated the group. They've won all the games. They played really, really well. In terms of getting out of the group, England's similar, but fans haven't really been too impressed with the way that we've played. But we've got the job done in the last sixteen. So. I guess really we were a bit, little bit critical of England, or rather the nation was, the media was for how we were playing. But we can't be complaining too much because we're obviously, obviously in the quarterfinals. So if you offered me at the start of the tournament to be at the stage we're at or where Holland are at, you know, I'd obviously take where where we're at. Um, and then Magic Monday, as it's uh, as it's been nicknamed, goals, 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 goals. So I watched the Spain one first of all, and. A quick word on Unai Simon's error. I mean, that's just full Scott Carson esque versus Croatia. That one. Scott Carson, Gary Neville, yeah. Um, it was uh, like a Phoenix from the Flames moment there, as he used to do on the uh, Dylan Skinner's program. Um, yeah, that, that was pretty good. We had, uh, there's been loads of own goals in this tournament, and you and would expect errors. Yeah, you'd expect with a volume of own goals, I think it's at least nine, um, which is, I think, more than in the last three tournaments put together, that there would be some corkers in there, and there have been some corkers, mm. unless you're the goalkeeper involved. Having said that, somehow, that was given as a Petri own goal. Now, I appreciate if the striker had hit the ball and the keeper had shanked it in like that, yeah. you would have probably given it to the striker, but come on. Yeah. Bit of common sense. Use a bit of common sense. and. Yeah, I don't think it would be Pedri in the dressing room doing the apologising at half time, would it? Um, no. So uh, that was that was uh, that was a classic. Yeah, what a what a what, a, what an evening it was. And uh, in England, uh, ITV had the coverage of both games that night. BBC on Tuesday. Absolutely, sort of uh, mm. you know, group hugging all night with the the 
plus potential ratings that they might have got from those two games. Yeah, absolutely. They were they were three one up at one point. Fran Torres was in the mix. He clipped onto the back post for Cesar Azpilicueta. Nosebleed territory for the for the Chelsea captain. Um, and he scored the third himself. Has Fran Torres been the best City player at the tournament? Do you think? Oof. Well, obviously Sterling will be uh, probably saying I've got more. I've I've scored three three goals. You've got two. I've I've scored ten, what boils down to three match winners. So um, probably just uh, give it to uh, to Sterling. Uh, you know, as a gut reaction. Mm. It's a close one because probably in terms of you know the way that they play, doing the job, threat, Sterling's. I think the, the you know the tide shifting a little bit. He was sort of he scored the goal and he was equal parts um, deserving of obviously the credit for for getting the um, for getting the opener in the Croatia game. Uh, but equal parts frustrating. I think everybody's just starting to get behind him now. Um, you 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 can't be a bad player if you continue to get into the right spot and, and win matches at the end of the day. And um, he's, he's doing that fairly consistently. Spain coming back to them are you know the, the sort of two steps forward and luckily only one point nine back and managed to keep sort of edging it through. I mean, they um, they obviously buried Slovakia in the group stage, but um, a little bit of a tighter game against Poland. They almost threw it away here. Um, yeah, I, I think um, if we did run into them, um, which obviously we wouldn't to the to the till we got to the final, um, they would be there for the taking. But it's very interesting to see the team in transition a lot of the goals that they're scoring are coming from wide areas it seems whereas you know the Spain that we were you know so used to watching 10-12 years ago and obviously enjoyed watching you know much of a slower build up and then pop 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 at the edge of the box and um, teams really change now with the likes of Torres obviously obviously coming into the team equally as well the vulnerable from wide as well it was Mario Parsalic who, who got the equaliser for 3-3 and took it into extra time and um, I think it was Pau Torres who was the centre back. It's a player I've actually never come across before, um, and he was beaten to it. Here's the big question: Would Sergio Ramos have cut that out? Um, well, I believe he's been linked with Paris Saint Germain. Um, last I heard, so we'll probably find out next season whether Sergio Ramos has still got it. It does seem a bit strange he's not there. Obviously, um, similarly, Pau Torres has been linked with United, I believe. So. Uh, but neither of these things have happened, obviously. Um, phew, he wouldn't have done any worse, would he? So uh, he, he might be sat at home having a quiet chuckle, although you'd uh, like to think somebody with 150 caps would probably want his team to win as well. Yeah, for sure. It was 5-3 in the end, but it was the Morata goal that um, separated them initially. He's come good, hasn't he? He's taken a lot of stick. It was a great goal, wasn't it? He did that work very well, yeah. That's what you would have expected when the tournament started, even though he's not been lighting up the Europe by any means but you, you wouldn't thought he would have been as bad as he has been and then um, I know he's had uh, a lot of personal stick family threats and things like that may not be the only person that happens to he's just chosen to make it public but um, he's responded pretty well to that yeah um, but when you break social distancing rules and you're sleeping with one of your staff sorry I'm mixing him up with the health <laughs> secretary my mistake mm-hmm <laughs> Well, yeah, but uh, that's that's cause for for somehow that's cause for um, um, frivolity on uh, you know on Twitter etc. Somebody uh, doing his best for his country and, and missing a penalty is uh, is worthy of uh, 
having his firstborn killed. <laughs> and that is football. Sometimes part yeah. of what's wrong with it, unfortunately, despite the many beautiful moments it gives us as well. Well, obviously, they progress and they'll meet uh, Switzerland, um, who knocked out France. That was a big shock. And, um, yeah, France similarly were in the box seat. Benzema, and um, we'll talk about maybe Muller a little bit later down the line, the chance he missed. Benzema was a player that was obviously recalled after a bit of, bit of public pressure. Um, Francis Trent Alexander-Arnold, if you will. Um, and, uh, yeah, he obviously got him in the lead. Pogba's goal was fantastic. We talked about this previously, how he just always seems to turn it on for France and is a little bit indifferent for Manchester United at times, which, you know, is something that we're quite happy about. Um, but they just plugged away, didn't they, um, Switzerland? And we talked earlier in the tournament about Mbolo, um, but Seferovic, they've obviously got a couple of goal scorers there, and these old-school forwards, Yamalenko even for Ukraine as an example, Schick to an extent, they're, um, they're getting the just desserts, aren't they? Well, yeah, I mean, you made a good point there, because they are, um, in the sense of that, the, the strapping lads, you know, well over six foot, not quite in the young colour territory, but uh, mm. definitely more of a more of a throwback, even Maratta. I suppose if you want to, you know, is that kind of physique rather than a what you might call a an Aguero type? Um, yeah, that it seems to be uh, that they're having their uh, moment, and, uh, and yeah, Switzerland very much like Austria, you know, maximised themselves and full credit to them, and they actually got the reward. And I mean, going three one down to France, you know, it's. You know, you got this, every team's going to play to the end, but to, to actually do it if as effectively as they did, massive credit. Yeah. And if they were going to do it, you would have thought it would have been, might have been Mbolo, but uh, some somebody who I wrote off, then um, not going to write Switzerland off again. Yeah, definitely. You know, they come up against Spain as I mentioned a moment ago, and I think if you're making a prediction, you know, if you're going off well, household names, if you will, and uh, trophy-winning nations. Um, you know, you looked at the, the stats and the results over the years, the rankings, you'd say Spain, but, you know, tournament knockout football's there for providing you with shocks. And I think Switzerland have got, given their unpredictability and uh, maybe lack of familiarity that, that some teams will have within the Spain in transition, they've got just as much chance, haven't they, of getting to the semis. And after that, who knows? That's right. Um, I think you, you, you probably... If you if if you really sort of um, you know committing, you've got to you probably more than like to say you think Spain will edge through, but it's it's uh, what I like to call a Brexit margin, fifty two forty eight. Oh, I like that. So when you hear that in future seven listeners, that's what that means. Um, yeah. England are going to face, and we'll talk about England last. England going to face Ukraine next, and uh, our boys Inchenko was in the mix, made one and scored one. He's done quite. He's had a decent tournament, hasn't he? He has, and um, proved that he can sort of um, operate in what you might call a, a less well-oiled team um, in two positions as well. And um, he, he did. Uh, he was highly influential, yeah, with, in that in that game, and when it counted, um, the goal he actually scored was a really nice goal. I thought. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily the you know the most spectacular finish, but a, a very good finish and a, a quite a, you know relatively spectacular. But just as a team goal, it was uh, worthy of a mention in in any goal we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah, 
definitely. Should um, I mean, what do you make of Ukraine? We probably called it the edge that one, um, but um, you know, should they be taken lightly? Um, not lightly, obviously, but I mean, um, they're the ones who you probably want to play in in some senses. I think it's it's now got to the point with England that the the, the now. Having, re- having beaten a team that we traditionally wouldn't expect to beat, we, we, we've come to the point where we're expected to win this game now, and that's, that shifts a different kind of pressure. Yeah. So um, I think they're, and they're equally equipped to, as a team like Switzerland or maybe Austria, who you don't particularly expect to be that threatening. They're, they're ready to just you know contain and 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 take their opportunity when it comes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, probably just winners in the end. Emil Forsberg went close a couple of times. He was unlucky in the woodwork. And that's probably a bit of the disappointment of Sweden going out because he's been a good player to watch. Um, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, the more sort of traditional and physical forwards. He can play a bit, that lad, uh, and drop in. He looks an attractive footballer and a decent finisher. So it's a shame he doesn't progress. He, he's he been amongst the goals and he's good to watch. Yes, um, he has got, he's been uh, somebody else who's... Uh... You know, you almost lose count of the number of players you don't know very well who've uh, emerged, and he's among them. Um, also, I got accused of being um, um, watching football for the wrong reasons the other night because somebody said to me on Monday, uh, "Looking forward to tonight." I said, "Yeah." I jokingly replied, "Yeah, looking forward to the Sweden game uh, Tuesday, rather when England then both played." Jokingly replied, and he said, you, "You pervert! You just want to see the Sweden fans in the crowd, don't you?" Aww. And uh, yeah, some of those guys are really, really hunky. <laughs> indeed, yeah, indeed, <laughs> indeed. And lastly, England. We talked about has there been a, a power surge and a blackout because of you know the fridge door, uh, everyone's fridge door opening to reach for the milk or the beer or the kettles being boiled. Was there a collective groan of disbelief as um, as uh, Southgate deployed one goalkeeper? And seven defenders and three forwards. How was that received when the team came out? Yeah, Southgate um, tonight. Matthew, I will be Craig Levine. <laughs> Remember the four-six formation he picked in uh, Prague once. Um, so, you, well, yeah, and um, it was it was like that. That was there was a um, a collective sort of moan, but it was qualified with. If if it gets us through, we'll have to take it. We will take it gladly. Um, I don't think it was any coincidence that when England finally did score, that wasn't the formation we were adopting, and we played more or less the team we probably should have started with. Mm. But then again, then again, Germany were the more impressive team for the first hour, and would they have taken the lead? And if it had not been for Jordan Pickford, they could quite easily have taken the lead. And well as he played. If he'd had to save a couple more, would you expect Gordon Jordan Pickford to keep saving him? You know, I don't want to sort of uh, single him out or anything, but maybe not. You know, eventually one of them might have gone through. So perhaps he did get it exactly right. It's really hard to know, isn't it? It's either very lucky or it's very clever. Because when I saw the team, and I, I got up early, but I didn't watch it live. It was a 2am kickoff here. And when I saw the team, I did let out a little bit of a groan. And I thought, if we don't create enough here, we don't get behind the lines then we're going to struggle a little bit. And I saw the length of the highlights, how, how long the package was, and I thought, this has gone to penalties. I'll see what happens. And the other kind of thought I had when I saw the team was, 
why are we matching up to Germany? Why aren't we taking our game to them with a the home side? You know, as you said when we spoke last, our team of the day is arguably stronger than the team we had in '96 of the day, and, and Germany's relatively weaker. Why aren't we having? Why aren't we having a go at them? Um, so he's either very lucky or he's very clever. I guess he deserves some credit for making a decision that could have backfired. Um, because had it backfired, I think he would have been lynched. You know, it almost would have been Demi, you know, Beckham effigies from the lamppost 98, um, because the, the, the nation have been part frustrated, part patient with this sort of style of somewhat handbrake football. But there is evolution, you know, he, he, he did, as I mentioned before, look like he knew how to react to the situation a little bit later in the game in bringing Grealish on. Grealish was fantastic. You know, I've seen a lot of comment about his potential move to, to City and the money and da, da 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 I'm all for it. You know, you can carry very good attacking players, but he's he's a battler and he's prepared to defend and he's prepared to get his boot in. Um, and he can make things happen. And um, we talked about Phil Foden at the outset of the tournament as well. And, you know, the nation getting carried away. He's dyed his hair blonde and a bit of gaza and da 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 da, da and So quickly the media and people turn on him. There's always going to be someone like a Jack Grealish that, that would probably be a first off the bench, as you mentioned in one of the earlier ones. But Sterling, again, I think the nice thing was probably Harry Kane's goal. You could tell how much pressure he's under because just the, the joy emanating from him when he scored. And even on his social media, he's been you know putting out pictures, the relief, the feeling. So hopefully Southgate thinks it's going to have a Shearer 96 effect. And um, yeah, hopefully it does. And he, um, he starts to get in the mix a little bit more and gives us a couple of different ways to play, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, in his own way, with the, with the players he's 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 chosen, or the eleven he's chosen, he's 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 you know he's he's come up with something that does work, um, but you know, again going back to kick off on on Tuesday night, it's like yeah let's see how it goes, but this and it worked on that occasion, but there's still three games to go if we're going to win this tournament, and if he does that if he if he he sort of slightly gets it wrong in the in the remaining games. If England do play three remaining games, then he he has got it wrong. You know, he has he he has to sort of make that policy work three more times now. And I would like to think he might just go a little bit more um, adventurous against Ukraine. Um, it's not at Wembley, obviously, but it's against a team that you know we shouldn't fear as much as Germany. And show the other side, you know, start with plan B, if you like. Yeah, let's say, for instance, the tournament was a bit shorter or we were a stage ahead and it was the semi and Belgium laying weight in the final. Would you just win this game first and get there and deal with the final next? Or would you, without taking Ukraine lightly, would you start to think about the final? Because this semi sort of handbrake football, I don't think it's going to work against Belgium. I think they're too quick, they move the ball... Um, in a really dangerous way and we're going to concede um, we've got to concede at some point in this tournament I imagine and against Belgium it's it would seem fairly likely if we played them as proven in the friendly we had against them last year would you start experimenting for that game or would you just go a game at a time I, I, I guess I guess to sort of really answer the question like what, what team would you pick on, on, on Saturday for Ukraine well I, I just generally think you can't pick the same 11 every time in a 7 game tournament anyway and I know there's obviously been changes, such as Maguire, um, and, and other changes. And, but you know you can't sort of pick the same six forward players 
every time and expect them to be producing seven, eights out of tens on a consistent basis, all of them as a, as a collective. You just you, you have. It's not like we we don't have players who can't come in, and even even if Jordan Henderson came in for Phillips or Rice, you know, much as they're sort of doing well, and that, then I don't know where where Bookings then comes into that. But I suppose you do it, and it's slightly after cast it forward to the final. I think, I think you know. So I think I'd more take it as a two, as a two game process, and the process would be, you know, we can't pick the same team in the quarterfinals as the semi final, because, because people just need a, it. Just needs to be changed. You just can't expect that to work. If you do that, you're going to obviously going to pick the same team in the final. You're just not going to have that same three eleven players doing the business four games in a row. Mm. You know, I just, I just don't think it happens, and. Um, Unless you have to, unless you, you know, I mean, remember Liverpool won the league, I think it was in 1978, and they only used 14 players, because, you know, the wheel ne- a wheel never came off for them at any point in the season, so they didn't change it. Yeah. So, um, um, so I think it's a two-game process, be a bit more adventurous in this one, perhaps go back to plan A in the, in the, in the, semi, in the semi-final if we get there, and then cut your cloth accordingly if you're in the final, like you say. Um, if you are playing uh, Belgium, playing Belgium slightly more of a different proposition in Spain. Indeed, indeed. Well, if I call you at um, what would probably be oh, what ten eleven p.m. on your Saturday night, my seven a.m. in Monday morning. Excuse me in advance if I'm drunk and wandering the streets of Saint Kilda in celebration or commiseration <laughs> of the result. Time will tell. Yeah. Well. Um, Fair play to you if you are, but because it'll be about seven o'clock in the morning, won't it for you? Five o'clock kickoff, seven o'clock finish. Assuming, uh, assuming it doesn't go the distance. So, yeah, we'll see. I kind of made a mini vow that um, I'll get up for those games, and if a few of the lads are out and there's a place to watch. the Imperial in Melbourne, it's doing twenty five dollars. This is about fifteen quid, and you get two drinks as well, and that's just to manage numbers for kind of COVID. But yeah, it sells out like like a ticket to a big football match. Um, so we'll probably miss that one. It might be at the sofa getting up early, or see if uh, see if we get around one of the lads' houses. To be continued. 